Hello, and welcome to TV Dinner, the podcast where we take three bites out of a show and tell you how it tastes. I'm your host, Kalena. I'm your other host, Sean. And this week, we're watching the show Almost Human. Yeah, almost, but not almost. quite. Well, we're watching the first three episodes. So we're almost watching the show. No, we're watching the show, just not all of it. So you could say almost. <laughs> um, do you know anything about Almost Human? There's a robot in it. There is a robot. It's sort of in the future. It is. It's actually... Um, some of the technology is like stuff we have now. For example, 3D printers. Um, but a lot of it is like far future technology. For example, one of the characters being a robot. Like entirely robot, but they look human. And they act human. Do they get bug bites? I, I don't know. <laughs> Do bugs exist? Um, I mean, probably, but not for the purposes of the show. Not really. So lucky. <laughs> so Almost Human is a show that aired on Fox. Um, yes. And it only aired for one season because it was dropped. And I don't think it was dropped for lack of ratings. I just think they didn't want to give it money anymore. Mm-hmm. And... Did you know that one of the executive producers was J.J. Abrams? No, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, and he did the theme music. I tend to like Abrams stuff. Yeah. Um, again, another thing that's like kind of weird that it ended after a season, because most people are like, you know, they really enjoy his stuff and they're, you know, come kind of up in arms about it. Did he leave the show? He usually leaves the show. Um, he didn't lead it. He just executive produced it. I said so, leave it. Leave the show. Well, it only ran for one season, so... So he didn't even get a chance to leave the show. He that didn't means... get a chance to leave. That means it's good. They were like, they were like, we have to end this before he leaves us. <laughs> Dear God. So most first seasons are rather short, especially for, um, like cop dramas that are going to have a bunch of seasons the first one this one uh is 13 episodes long and i imagine if it had a second third fourth season those seasons would have been closer to 20 22 episodes yeah i think i understand and i so i'm looking at the wikipedia page because it's been a while since i watched it and i watched it like when it came out so that was like 2013 2014 (laughs) 2013, um, 2014. This show is older than I thought. Yeah. Feels like it was just yesterday. No, it doesn't. <laughs> what? But there's a thing on here that kind of exemplifies why I give shows the like three episode limit, you know? Oh, does Before... the show not get good until episode three? No. Um. They So, you know, the AV Club rates shows uh it's a it's a website and they you know rate different media and stuff and they'll do articles on different media um and of every single episode that they graded the first episode had the worst grade Mm -hmm. so that's why i was you know for me it makes sense because especially if you're doing like a sci-fi show it's kind of a lot to set up in the first episode Mm mm-hmm 
but as it goes along, you like it more or it gets better because they don't have to do all the setup every time. And so, yeah, I think a lot of shows have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I don't like to drop a show if it has a bad pilot because sometimes it's just kind of the way that that it happens. Pilots are an art and a crime and a passionate lover. Yeah, I mean, pilots should be good because that's how you get people to watch it. The pilot, despite the fact that the AV Club gave the pilot the worst episode out of the season, um, the pilot had the most viewers when it came on. That's true of all shows, really. Yeah, so after the pilot... It dropped by almost 3 million viewers. Like, people did not like the pilot. Uh, so, like, the second tragedy. episode had way less viewers. Again, part of the reason I like to give things a few episode watch because it oh. it could get better. It could be something I really enjoy, like this one. Give it some time to breathe before you choke it to death. <laughs> so, you didn't uh, really answer my question. What do you know about this show other than... Well, I guess you did answer. You know that one of them's a cop. Or one of them's a robot. They're both cops. Yeah, yeah. From what I understand... Okay. I'm kind of guessing here. But I think it's an easy guess to be like, okay, the main guy... I presume that the main character is human. That it's like, you're loose cannon. You need a partner to have this robot. <laughs> and then uh, they go on adventures. And the robot is almost human. And the weird old... The weird old normal fleshy man has to be all like oh i need to examine my thoughts and feelings on machines yeah so to be fair um it's not a complex plot because you basically got it okay cool <laughs> tropetastic oh yeah it's very very tropey um but i enjoyed it I really like the actor that plays the robot. Um, that's Michael Ely. He plays a robot whose nickname is Dorian. They do mm. like like Star Wars-esque nicknames with the robots. Oh, well, it's always very convenient how the serial numbers line up. You know what I mean? And letters. Yeah. So his number is DRN0167. So DRN Dorian. Dorian. And I think the other ones, although I'm not entirely sure... Um, they're MXs, so I think they're called Max. Okay, whatever. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's a good way to refer to a robot without having to say the whole number every time. Yeah. So we have Mixes and Dern. Yeah, Dern Durian. Dern Dern. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, if there's not much else to it, like, I'm ready to go. Cop yeah. shows. You like cop shows. I'm not such a huge fan of cop shows. I like Does cop shows, Ghost... and you like sci-fi. Yeah. So it should be okay. Ghost in the Shell and Twin Peaks are kind of cop shows. Not that I'm super fans of either, but I like them both a lot. Yeah. Um. And mentioning Ghost in the Shell, this show has similar themes with, you know, again, the, the full robot being a, a partner, etc. Mm-hmm. Um... So I don't know, It's it definitely doesn't go as hard as Ghost in the Shell with those themes, but uh, you might see those come through in the first few episodes. Okay, then. Alright, uh, so a pretty short intro, but to be fair, there's, again, not much to get into. There was only one season, so... I just don't remember any details. Yeah, and me saying anything would 
more would ruin it, so... You'd be tipping your hand. We are going to get into the next part of the episode, and we'll see you in a little bit. Bon appétit! Dorian is a good robot. Dorian is a very good robot. Yeah. He's the best thing about the show, even <laughs> though I guess he's technically not the main character. I mean, he really steals the show, so he might as well be the main character. Yeah, I mean, he's one of a pair of main characters, but it really focuses on the the human cop John Kennex. So, Does it? Was it just me that was totally distracted by Dorian in every situation? Oh, no, I was distracted by Dorian all the time, but it, it keeps trying to give Kenex character development and backstory and etc. Well, well, when you have a duo of cops, it's kind of important that they sort of be equals. <laughs> and, and by equals, you mean Kenex needs to get his shit together to get as good as Dorian? To, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even be nice. <laughs> Fucking rude. Um, yeah. So, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that people who have rated this series rated the pilot episode as the worst of all of the episodes. How do you feel about that? I don't know, honestly. I don't think that uh, honestly, I don't think I could really rate any of the episodes as being above or below any of the others. You know what I mean? They were you, all. You thought they were all kind of average. Yeah, none of them really blew me out of the water, but I didn't find myself enjoying myself more as I got to get more Dorian. <laughs> yeah, episode three was the most Dorian heavy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it showed off a lot of his cool things that he can do and episode one i think is i mean it definitely is way more kennex heavy because dorian doesn't even come through until you know a fourth of the way in Mm. and uh there's a lot of like flashback and exposition which people aren't necessarily super into so i can see why someone would not like that as much i guess personally my least favorite was the second episode yeah so um just like Ghost in the Shell, this series within the first three episodes had like a sex bot episode, but its tone was very, very different from Ghost in the Shell. Why is the cyber future full of the sex bots? Because they're going to be, you know it for sure. The cyber present is already full of sex bots. <laughs> in Are a you way. winning, son? Um, so, but we were talking about differences. So, for example, I I said a major difference for me was in Ghost in the Shell, all of the robots wore normal clothing. They wore just casual female clothing. And in um, Almost Human, all of the sex bots only wore lingerie. Even if they were out in public doing something non-sexual, they would be wearing lingerie. They were all um, underwear models. And um, you were thinking that it could be partially cultural because 
in Ghost in the Shell, there are more girlfriend bots than sex bots, even though that's was a thing to be implied that that's what they use them for. Uh, yeah. And in this thing, it, it could be cultural in the fact that, like, even the bots themselves mention, like, oh, you know, we're, we aren't only sex bots, like, sometimes people will talk to us. But that seems to be, like, a secondary objective, probably, for for their customers. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's anything that I understand very deeply, but, like, underwear models and stuff, like, be it on, like, TV or magazines or whatever, it's no big deal, it's, ca- it's kind of everywhere. Yeah, um, but they do, so we mentioned um, Makoto's design and Ghost in the Shell is really weird and sexualized, but it feels more okay because it's not referred to in any way. And in, in this, all of the sex bots, like, Anytime any man comes in contact with one, he's just, like, super flustered forever. Like, he cannot control himself. Mostly John. Yeah, John and the lab guy who I don't remember his name. Yeah, lots of jokes about people not being able to be professionals when there's a sex bot around. Yeah, so it was uh, kind of weird. Um, Only Dorian can focus because he's a robot. Because he's a robot who... I want to say that there's a later episode where the, where Kenix just straight up asks, like, do you have a dick? And I don't remember the answer to that. I wonder. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, you know, another the, thing. Yes? In the first episode, uh, I didn't assume that the, like, robot mortician was, like, just a regular cop. You know what I mean? I mean, he's not a... He's not, like, a mortician. He's... He's an engineer. Yeah, but the way he's often chilling out over bodies with the apron getting himself bloody. I mean, I guess it does look like a mortician because he is, like, dealing with unliving, quote, quote, robot bodies, usually. Yeah, the heavy, the, um, the robo-cadaver. Yeah, I mean, they're not always cadavers. Sometimes they're just, like, deactivated but um i mean is a deactivated robot a robo cadaver i don't mean deactivated i just mean like not currently going so like when we first meet dorian he's been deactivated for four years mm-hmm. and he's in like this weird body bag and they they turn him on and he's like how long was i out yeah his first question is like ah oh, shit <laughs> where am i basically yeah, so it's like as far as he's concerned, his body was just kind of meat laying there. Yeah, so he was deactivated, but he wasn't dead because he was able to be reactivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have the first episode was about the terrorist attack on the police, right? Yes, that was. Um, so there was this terrorist group, and they are trying to come up with a poison that like specifically targets police. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, something like that. They they attacked the place to like fuck with the evidence for a very specific case. Unlike yeah. Ghost in the Shell, this one because we're just comparing it directly to Ghost in the Shell. Uh, unlike <laughs> I mean, Ghost in the, the Shell, um, they're both crime future crime shows, so I feel yeah. like they're pretty similar in some ways. Yeah, but unlike Ghost in the Shell, we're setting up the the long-form plot immediately in the first episode and then going on to more of the episodic stuff. Yeah, so 
they're doing something in the evidence locker and we don't know what it is and we get like there's a robot in the evidence locker that may have woken up at the end of the first episode but we don't get back to that in the next two episodes yeah i am a little curious about that (laughs) maybe i should just save this question for later i mean so i'm going to continue comparing this show to other media because I mean, all sci-fi has other sci- like past sci-fi influences. This one is very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, they even so... throw a Star Wars reference in there. Yeah, and Star Wars isn't really sci-fi. Yeah, not by my definition. Yeah, by some people's because it's space. But anyway. What do you think is, is John Han Solo-esque character? I'm moving on. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So a lot of the first episode reminds me of iRobot, the movie with Will Smith. Well, no, not iRobot. Yeah, iRobot. That's the name of the movie with Will Smith. Yes. Okay. I got confused for a second. I confused myself. Will Smith isn't. Will Smith isn't too many movies. Will Smith is legendary. He's the Will Myth. <laughs> um, because Kenex, the main character, has a problem with the copper robots because the copper robots have a very black and white morality and they they always do this cost benefit analysis to decide what to do they're vulcans um yeah and that happens the same in irobot where there's a situation where the main character will smith and uh whoever john kennex's actor is are like hey save this import save this person who is not important to you as a robot and has a low chance of survival, but to me as a human is important because it's, it's a human life. Right, right, right. And the robot having run the cost-benefit analysis goes against what the human wants. Mm-hmm. And resulting in that other person's death. So in iRobot, it was the death of like a teenage girl. And in this one, it was the death of his partner, his human partner. Whose name I don't remember. Was it? Oh, yeah. It's weird because the sex bot episode is also the one where it's like, you should go talk to your dead partner's son. Yeah, because they also deal with, like, uh, children in that episode. Children and sex bots. (laughs) What an episode combination. And then there's also, you know, the robot in iRobot has a gray morality like Dorian does. So it's, it's drawing that line. Um, where it's like black and white morality can lead to like really bad things. Mm. Well, I wouldn't. Well, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was gonna suggest that Dorian hadn't really exhibited any cases of gray morality, but he does overlook a lot of the oh. uh, loose canon things that John does. Literally, every I want to say every 15 minutes we watch this show, one of us, mostly me, would say, "You're a loose cannon, Kenix," because. Yeah. No one in the show said it, but they should have, because it's literally the loose cannon, you know, trope. Uh, So Dorian has to deal with John being a loose cannon, because if he messes with John's career, then his own career is not going to go anywhere. Yeah, um, a lot of the writing is weird, but there is one piece of writing where um, John goes to Dorian and he's like, hey, hack into their database and find out this customer. And Dorian was like we don't need a warrant for that. And he was like, you're right. We don't need a warrant for that. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, uh, but Dorian is also like a good person. He just wants to, he just really wants to be a good cop. He's very Sherlock Holmes. What with his computer brain? 
yeah, he really wants to do his job really well. And it honestly, like, it makes him so, so much more likable that, that he just wants to be a good cop. (laughs) He wants to do his job well. Yeah. And like most cop shows, they justify John fucking with the law because he never fucks with the law unless it's a bad person. Yeah, all of his um, bending the law seems to work out for the better. And he's never wrong. Yeah, even though... I mean, Dorian points out there's one part, part where John, um, like, punches a suspect to get information from him. And Dorian says, like, you're violating his civil rights. And they just kind of brush it off. Yeah. So that was kind of weird that they would have Dorian, like, specifically bring it up and then brush it off. I feel like maybe this is a thing that would probably make me uncomfortable with, like, all cop shows and not just this one. Yeah, I would say not all cop shows do this. Um, but they I, do? No, because I, I I would think that in Castle, for example, I don't think she ever, like, beats anybody up to get stuff from them. Okay, but that's more of a detective show. I mean, yeah, I guess this is more of a cop show than a detective show. It's a anyway. thin line, though. Um, another reference that you made was in the first episode, there is a memory machine that John is trying to use to remember who blew up his partner, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, I just was like, oh, total recall. Yeah, you, you it's like the total recall machine. And um, only less, less weird. Yeah. More normal. So I don't know. It was, it was kind of interesting. I, I like a lot of the, the speculative technology they have, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the, like, Total Recall and, like, Blade Runner remakes and stuff that have been happening and will be happening recently? I don't know anything about them. You don't know, any, you don't have any feels about that? No, I, like, don't know. Um, they're making, they're remaking Blade Runner? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll probably watch it. Be there, I think. I think. I'll probably watch it. Will you? The yeah, Total Recall one was bad is all I hear. I'm probably going to watch it. Have you seen those movies before? I forget. No, I haven't. I've been meaning to watch the... I literally reference Blade Runner all the time because I play Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it. Everything borrows from Blade Runner, so... Mm-hmm. So it's pretty safe to say if it's like a cyberpunk future, you could pretty much say Blade Runner and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing I wanted to talk about was um, the show does its best to have sort of a diverse cast in, in terms of race. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dorian is played by Michael Ely, who is a black man. And um, and uh, John Kennex, the main character, has lost one of his legs so he has a robot leg replacement which is another connection to irobot because will smith in that movie has a robot arm and they're both like i don't like robots i don't want a part of me to be a robot also Um, get it john is almost completely flesh and blood human and dorian is almost completely mentally human yeah uh but one weird thing that you pointed out that i agree with is that um so in the Sexbot episode, there's um, John and Dorian um, questioning one of the bots. And 
Dorian and the bot are both black people and John is a white person, you know, asking the robot like, oh, who owns you? And Mm -hmm. I don't think the show meant it to be that way, but um, because I think the show was just trying to like increase its diversity. But the fact that they made both of the black characters robots in that scene um, just made it kind of uncomfortable and unfortunate. Yeah, I feel like most of the like cop characters, or at least the ones that are seem to be sticking around, are all white. And like most of the people well, of color we see in this show are the robots. I don't necessarily think that's true because in the first episode, there's the doctor he goes to, who's yeah, an but... Asian man. Um, one of the other cops, um, the cop that hates him, um, he's Hispanic man. Yeah, but um, these are not even named characters, and they didn't even show up after episode one. No, they're named. I just don't know their names. Mm. I mean, I I don't think that they're doing like the best they could be doing in terms of POC characters, but I think they're trying. Um, and another thing is that I don't think they're trying when it comes to female characters. Mm-hmm. Because there is his ex-girlfriend who... At the beginning of episode one is fridged, so she's dead. And at the end of episode one is evil. Probably. Wait, so is she evil and dead? I thought she was actually secretly alive. She's evil and alive. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. And she's also black. So, a little weird. Yeah. And then there is um, another captain, another cop in the precincts. And you don't get this because it doesn't, it hasn't been said yet. But, um... She is a genetically modified human, and she's genetically modified to be really pretty. Okay. And really smart. And um, it's, like, known that um, people like her don't normally become cops, and they're like, oh, it's a waste of your potential because you're too pretty and too smart to be a cop or whatever. This is a weird Um, plot line. It's really weird, and they make... And the only reason she exists is to be his love interest, and then the only other recurring female, and the the evil Schrodinger's ex-girlfriend only so far shows up in the first episode, mm-hmm. but I believe she is semi-recurring, at least like in his memories. Um, the only other recurring female character is the um, police captain, and she seems normal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, she's not bad. Yeah. But I, I just, like, two out of three is bad. Oh. <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like the show is making an effort, but it's it's still written by white guys, so they, they missed the mark on, on pretty much all of the diversity they were trying to put in. Uh, you can talk about Dorian's existentialism. Oh, yeah. He's a spiritual existential robot, and I'm surprised by the fact that Essentially, like, two out of three episodes are, like, have, like, the the B-plot of, like, Dorian thinking about death, which is, like, pretty heavy. Yeah, so, um, Dorian, being almost human personality-wise, has got anxiety about death, which is a really interesting thing to give a robot character. It's a mistake. So in the second episode, he first starts thinking about it because um, they're taking care of a kid whose mom was abducted 
And Doran was like, what if she's dead? How do you tell a child that their mom is dead? And then the sex worker robot that they had met in the middle of the episode has to be destroyed by the end of the episode. And he, like, watches her die. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's, he relates to her and he sees, uh, he sees himself in her. Yeah, he, he sees himself in her and it's, like, really difficult for him. And then in the third episode, he does almost die. He almost gets shot. I assume that for robots here, like, getting shot in the brain is, like, oh, you lose all your memory and all your personality. You can't be rebuilt. Presumably. Presumably. And he tells Kenex, he says... You know, I was looking at the barrel of the gun and thinking I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. And this is something that only Dorian brings up, presumably because every other character thinks of him as just a robot. Yeah, and uh, presumably this is why the the Dorians are not allowed uh, or to be cops anymore. Yeah, um, you're in only the first allowed... episode. Yeah, you're only allowed the safe, boring jobs now. Yeah, in the first episode, they mentioned that the DRNs, Dorian, used to be cops, but they were too emotional to be cops. Um, and, you know, when this DRN comes into the precinct, they're like, oh, you know, one basket case working with another. Because mm-hmm. Kenix has also been away from his job for months. Right. Um, and he's, like, just coming back. They're both... They're- they're both gotta prove themselves. They're both kind of loose cannons. Yeah, Dorian is less of a loose cannon and more of a hard worker that's willing to let shit slide. Hmm. I worry about how the specter of his his death and his being decommissioned hangs over him because he needs this job and doesn't want to lose it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I he literally says in an episode because Kenix is like, oh, you know basically you're doing a good job and and dorian says like you're literally my meal ticket like if i don't have you then i don't have this job and i really want to be a cop and it's so it's very interesting again to give a robot character like feelings and existentialism and desires and career ambitions yeah he's got a he's got a good reason why he would want to butter john up a bit and get him to like him yeah, so um, we're not going to rehash this, but me and Sean literally had a whole long conversation following this like existentialism from Dorian about, you know, what if we really do make robots that resemble humans so much they have existentialism and anxiety and, and all this stuff. And it's it's a really hard thing to think about. And this show is like, I feel a little bit too silly to be dealing with a theme that, that heavy. Mm. I worry that we're rushing towards that destination already in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, again, I don't really want to rehash it because it's going to take forever if we do. Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, something that it's nice that we do three episodes. Uh, a nice note to end the third episode on is, um, <laughs> uh, not the weirdness of, sure, you're riddled with gunshots, but let's go out to the noodle place. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole, like, you know, when uh, Dorian, like, admits his fears to John, John's like, eh, yeah, well, you know, like, dead, dead, same as everybody else, NVD. So it's like, kind of affirming him as being on the same level, like, in his own, in his own casual dismissive way. 
Yeah, John doesn't say, which I feel that some people might in his situation, John doesn't go, well, you're a robot, so death isn't really a problem for you, or it's not really the same thing as if I die. He just goes like, you're right. Death is death. Like, it sucks. And, you know, Dorian is is affirmed by that, which is nice. Yeah. So, like... John's not bad. He's just not as interesting. He's just bad. Anyway. <laughs> um, so did this show hook you? Um, I'm not sure. I would say, like, um, there's a reliance on tropes and cliche and, like, very convenient events and timing in this show. The both the script and the editing could be a, a bit tighter in this show. And there are some elements of the show that make me a little uncomfortable, but I am very invested in Dorian and that has a lot of weight. Um, yeah. Dorian's such a good boy. And like the, the second episode a little bit, but the third episode, particularly he's such a badass. in addition to be super, super cool and nice. He's kind of the Terminator. He's kind of awesome. A better um, Terminator. <laughs> hey, Terminator was a good guy in T2. Yeah, but Dorian's adorable. Yeah, that's true. Dorian is much cuter. He's the, <laughs> he's the, the, the TC, the Terminator cute edition. But what I was going to say was, um, uh, all, I, I need, all I need to know, the, the whole decision of if I watch more or not, is down to this question that I held back earlier. It's just like, can I watch the rest of the series and get any sense of, um, what's the word? It starts with a C of closure. Yeah. Can I watch this show and end it with any sense of closure? No. Then I'm, I have, then I have serious reservations about watching the rest of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say part of the reason, so I was hooked obviously when I first started watching it cause I watched the whole season and I watched it when it came out, so I was expecting a second season. The problem is, um, with the first episode, you get a little bit of a plot setup. And you get, like, small plot setups sprinkled throughout the 13 episodes of the first season. And none of them get tied up by the 13th episode because the show is operating on the assumption that it's going to get a second season. Um, which is interesting because most, most first seasons are kind of self-contained because nobody's really sure that they're going to get a second season and this show is sure and they're wrong i mean some first seasons end on cliffhangers yeah but it's usually got some sort of self-contained plot yeah i mean there's like there's... a season plot and a series plot and an episode plot you know yeah i guess it depends on who's doing it but like yeah season ones are a bit of a gamble so some people hedge their yeah. bets you know so, most people so if you if you want to see some cool technology if you want to see dorian being awesome and you don't mind that you're going to be left with a whole bunch of cliffhangers at the end i i would say go for it if it really bothers you to have a plot not wrapped up maybe don't yeah um for me that's a bit of a sticking point it's why i don't properly watch Twin Peaks. <laughs> well, I mean, Twin Peaks is, you know, back. Maybe that kind of wraps it up, but Twin Peaks has always been weird, so maybe not. 
should I say? No, I haven't finished it. Okay, so I shouldn't. I mean, I shouldn't no, say the thing. Stop it. Anyway, the... do you have a rating for this show? Um, I'd have to go over the ratings again. Really think about it. So let's do that right now. Okay, so I will just go down the list. Um, uh, so the first one, I'm going in alphabetical order. I don't know. The first one is bitter, and that's something that's disappointing, mostly bad. There may have been, like, one or two good parts, but you just really don't like it. Um, there's savory, which is something that's really good, and there may have been one or two bad parts, but for the most part, it was super enjoyable. There is sour, which is something that is more 50-50. Like, it could have been really good if there were some different things, or you really don't think it's that good. Um, just because of some certain elements that are out of place. There's mm. spicy, which is something that's pretty good, but probably not good for everybody. And there is sweet, which is something that's good, but it's overwhelming or something that's obviously for children or like an age group that's not you. Okay, I'm thinking that I would definitely give this show a sour rating. Yeah, um, I was going to agree with you there. Um, I feel like, again, the editing and the writing could have been a lot better if they had just cut, like, one or two of the really bad lines. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't mind one or two bad lines. I just feel like everything in general could have just been sharpened up a little bit. Yeah, it just just felt a little messy. Yeah, it just used a little bit more polish. But, um, um, and and the plots, um, I really liked the cool technology, but the plots were pretty bland as far as cop shows go. Like, they're very, you said, by the books plots. There's, you know, a terrorist organization or someone's pulling a heist or, you know, someone's got sex robots. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're pretty average as far as, as, far as episode, episodic plots go. Yeah. It, 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 they felt more like one or two different cop show plots squished together than they did feel like sci-fi plots. Yeah, they weren't um, incredibly original. But I still found it enjoyable, so that's why I would say sour. Alright, then we're in agreement. I want to say one last thing, and this is a line I wrote down that you really, really enjoyed. (laughs) Don't scan my balls, dude. Fuck. Um, so don't scan my balls, dude. Don't scan my balls, dude. It's a really uh kind of weird in context, but uh, it's You're funny. Backed up. Any <laughs> anyway, um, this was TV dinner. We hope you enjoyed. Um, in addition to our Tumblr, now we have pretty much social media on every website, at least that I could think of. So we've got facebook.com slash TVD podcast. We've got Twitter at TVD pod. TVD podcast was taken by the Vampire Diaries podcast, so oops. That's a bit of a generic, uh, what's the word, URL, username for something so specific. Yeah, um, so we're at TVD pod on Twitter. We haven't put up much there yet. Um, We've got a YouTube TVD podcast. If you want to show an episode to somebody who doesn't really have a podcast app or that kind of thing. And of all... 
Of course, like always, we're on tvdpodcast.tumblr.com. And show a little support here and there. Yeah. And next week, I'm going to throw this to Sean. What are we watching next week? Star Trek. Star Trek. Undecided. No, come on. It's... So I've seen, so which one, I, I the one I've seen is literally just Star Trek, the like 70s one. Yeah, the original series. And that one I've only seen a few episodes of, but enough to put us in a different series. Mm-hmm. So name a series that you want me to watch. That's Star Trek. Okay. Um, um, probably the next generation. I was considering Deep Space Nine and the animated series. See, that's good because I've seen none of those. I don't even. I didn't even know that many Star Trek series existed. To be fair. Yeah. So you think. The next generation is the one you want to watch. Yeah, I mean that seems like the probably the strongest pick. Is that the one that started coming out in like twenty ten? Um, no. Around that time? No, no. no. I, I do before not think that. So. Before that, um, okay. and then the, the new Star Trek series is coming out in a week from now, so it's well timed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's unfortunate we couldn't watch that because that's going to be coming out weekly. So. Yeah, but we hey. can mention it or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll rate it in a month when we've got enough episodes to rate. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, so next week we'll be watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, you're going to like Data. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I've seen like stuff on Tumblr about Data and some of the other characters, but I've seen literally none of the movies, none of the episodes except for like the five or six of the very old series that I have seen. I'm, like, very much a newbie when it comes to Star Trek. Like, of all of the pop culture things that I have seen, Star Trek is not one of them. Well, Star Trek is a little, um, some, it can seem impenetrable. It's a little uninviting sometimes. I mean, there is a lot of content to get through. And, you know, when the mo- newest movie came out, everyone was like, oh, you can just watch this movie. It doesn't matter if you haven't seen anything before. It's self-contained. And I'm like... But for me, though, like, I can't. I, I love to watch things from the beginning because I'm terrible like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Star Trek fans were pretty unhappy with that movie anyways. Yeah, I don't know that much about that, so. Yeah, that's not really relevant right now. We can talk about that next episode. <laughs> yeah, Um. so we'll see you next week for the very last week of Sci-Fi September. We hope you've enjoyed the theme. Maybe suggest a new one if you if you have. Uh-huh. I mean, we're definitely doing spookies for October. Yeah, I think next month we're definitely going to do a spooky theme. So I'm pretty excited for that. I love my spoops. Yeah, of uh, course. And I do not. But for now, we will see you next Tuesday. Yeah, bye. Bye. I'm full.